I'm Arie Schwartz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats. We bring honest and critical analysis. It's time to get dicey, people. All right, I got Pat Ralph with me. He was on the show a few weeks back. He's one of our beat reporters, and we're going to do a little fun topic, and, and we're titling this one, Issue or Early Season? You know, is this an, a, a long-term season issue, or is it just an early season adjustment period that these teams need to get into? Um, Pat, you'll say hi to the folks later. Let's get started. Minnesota Lynx, I mean, you got to be in shock. And just going over our list, and we talked about this before we started recording, we kind of looked at it as top half of the league, bottom half of the league. Now, if I would have told you preseason that a week and a half, two weeks into the season, the Mercury, the Lynx, Dallas, and Liberty would be on the bottom half of the league, I think I'd raise some eyebrows and people might call me crazy and uh, uh, bring some other things into question. So those are the teams we're kind of working with right now. And starting with the Lynx, the team that everyone's shocked with, I mean, they're, they're sub 500. They are just not looking good, to be quite frank. Now, I say that with an asterisk. Their starting five, in my opinion, is still the best starting five in the league and has played that. Now, I don't think it's fair, and everyone will will might disagree or say that it's overplayed, but Lindsay Whalen, you can't expect her to be the same type of player that she's always been with the amount of prep that she does, especially in this condensed season with her new job that she's taken on. I don't know how big of a storyline that is because I still truly believe that Lindsay has been playing one of the more solid uh, of their starting five. I'm going to throw some, some attention towards two things specifically with the Lynx. Um, one is, and I don't want, I don't know how to properly, I, all right, Pat, stick with me for one more moment. Sorry, you'll get in here, I promise. Looking back at the most recent game, all right, against Atlanta where Minnesota lost, at the 6.30 mark in the second quarter, there was a play where Elizabeth William misses a two-point shot. Sylvia Fowles gets the rebound. Sylvia haphazardly passes the ball. McCautry makes a steal, makes a two-foot pull-up jumper. All right. Now, it's not necessarily the pass, even though it was a casual flip. But the part that bothered me more was how the team reacted, the awareness of position, no plan, no readiness. The Lynx have always been a team that were always two steps ahead and were always very methodical and, and just like, I mean, you'd see them on the court and they were professional. As, as the best way to put it. Has this been a, a changing of the guards? Or, you know, is this a season-long issue or is this an early adjustment period? Pat, quick thoughts, then go in. Yeah, so, you know, before the season, we'd have a, a Slack channel with us, the other writers for WMB Insider were talking, and I floated out a balloon, and I said, is it me or is anyone else thinking again? I apologize for a reference that I used to connect w, uh, WNBA with NBA on this, but I said, is it me or does anyone else think that the Lynx this year could have, you know, a year where they're not as focused, you know, because last year after losing in the finals in 2016, they were, as everyone who saw last year knows, they were so motivated um, to go out and get that one seed. They were so, they went pedal to the metal for that one seed because they knew if they got another game five at home, home court advantage against LA, that they were going to win. And we know what happened. They took care of business and won the title last year. Part of me thought coming into the year with the age of this team and hearing Shell Reeve in a few interviews, I thought maybe this is the year where they kind of let off on the gas pedal, but they know that if as long as they get into the playoffs, they don't care if it's a road game or home game, 
they know that they can beat anyone on any given night when they're playing their best and when everyone is healthy. And so I figured that this might be a year where you might see them. Okay, I'm not saying that they're not going to play well, but they may take a step back and maybe look at it the long game rather than, oh, we need to get the best record in the league um, and rather save for we need to be, as you mentioned, Ari, the condensed season. So am I surprised that they've started off two and three? Yeah, I think everyone should be surprised that this is a little shaky. Um, They haven't looked good on this three-game road trip. Um, But at the same time, I'm also not surprised because I figured in in a way because I figured that there would be some – regression in a sense. Um, I think though that number one, if you're looking for an encouraging sign, Sylvia Fowles seems to have picked up right from her MVP season last year. She's leading the league in rebounding again. She's leading the team in scoring. Um, so she has looked really good. But like you said, Ari, I think Lindsay Whale, and I think that's going to become a concern factor um, because obviously, as you mentioned, you brought up a great point, her new job, and there's a lot going on. And then the condensed season, I think, makes this even more interesting because rest is going to become even more of a factor. And just from watching and seeing some of the highlights from their road games, I know that they came away with that win against the Liberty, but they didn't look great. I mean, they didn't play. I mean, the fact that they had to squeak out a win in New York, um, obviously last night, that heartbreaker against, you know, we're recording Wednesday night, the heartbreaker on Tuesday night against Atlanta. Um, And then, of course, they were just in a rematch of the playoffs last year. They were just dominated by Washington uh, on Sunday. So, and even that win against Dallas at home, they played really well in the first half and then just kind of let Dallas back into the game and they were able to win by eight, but it just got really close down the stretch. So I think for me, as I am surprised that they are starting off slow and that they didn't, that they lost two of three on this road trip, I did kind of was not, you know, I'm not trying to act like I'm a, I predicted this perfectly, but I, I'm not surprised that they may be, you know, this may be then a sign of them just trying to look at the long game rather than, okay, we need to get the one seed and have the best record in the league this year. I'm going to say something. Um, I've seen a lot of articles <clears throat> that have made a similar case, and I have not been as swayed as I just was by you, Pat. So props to you on that. Wow. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, honestly. Um, move, and, and I did remember the slack in, in hindsight. Uh, moving forward to Dallas. Now, not the biggest shock that they're in the second half of the team or the league, but something that has to be said, you know, they bring in Combege. They have, when they've been on, they have just looked amazing. When they have been off, it has been ugly. And that's why they're sitting at a two and three record also. I mean, they, they just, what was it? Who did they play the other day? That was just a blowout. And then they just let them seep back in and slowly, but surely, you know, they can't, they can't close it at the end of the game. And it's, you're just sitting there like, what is going on? Seattle is Seattle. And Seattle's a team that we're going to get to very briefly. You know, they also beat the Mercury, another team on this list. Seattle's looking really good. Very briefly, Natasha Howard getting into that starting lineup has just been too perfect. And not to toot my own horn, but I've been saying that for a while. So I'm pumped on that. Real quick, what do you think? Is, is it, to me, there's some questionable coaching calls going on in Dallas. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, every once in a while, there'll be a nice coaching move or a play that happens. And I start sitting there, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm being too harsh. But time and time again, you know, no halftime adjustments, trying to do the same thing over and over, not, you know, using your players to their best ability or trying to take out their players to the best of your player's ability. What's your take on Dallas? I, I think they, again, 
they're when they're when they're on, they can in my mind they'll compete for for a, a top four spot in this league. When they're off, as they are, you know, generally right now, they're a nine seed. Well, Ari, the thing with Dallas that you watch them and when they are going, you make a great point. They go at they play at this pace. They get up and down the floor, and that starts with, with Skylar Diggins Smith. They get running up and down the floor, and they're so much fun to watch. They have a lot of talent. You mentioned Liz Cambage has been great so far since coming back, since having not played a WNBA game in five years. She's making an impact already, and that two-player game, that high-low between her and uh, with Skylar Diggins Smith has been great so far. But that's a really fun pace that they play. They get up and down the floor, and the game that you're referencing, it was even last night against the Liberty. You know, they had a 16-point lead after the first quarter, correct me if I'm wrong. I was watching the game last night. Um, they had a 17-point lead, excuse me. And they were in control of that game through the third quarter. They led by nine going into the fourth. Um, and they just they were the better team, and then they just let it slip. Um, the problem with Dallas for me is, which always, because they play at such a frenetic pace, is they turn the ball over a lot. They're very undisciplined. They're very, they play very young. Um, they're a young team. There isn't a lot of veteran experience. Um, obviously, our favorite rookie, Azra Stevens, is on the team, and she's been looking pretty good so far, uh, coming off the bench in a nice 15 to 20-minute roll a night. Um, but it's really the pace so far. They, I love their pace, but they, they the, this was a problem last year and this year. They're second already in turnovers in the league. They average, um, they average over 16 turnovers a game. That's second worst in the league, only to Las Vegas. So um, – for Dallas, for me, that's the biggest concern, and you and that a lot of it goes to coaching. I know we've questioned coaching before with Dallas on this podcast um, with Fred Williams whether this is the right fit. They just play very young and very frenetic all over the place, not very disciplined. And when you don't play discipline, you're going to lose a lot of games that you should win. I completely agree. the The biggest issues, and not to, I'm going to you know spotlight Azrae Stevens hype train spotlight. All right. First two games, she drops three points and five points, all right? Now, that was 15 minutes and 18 minutes, respectively. But then she moves up, gets nine points in the next game, then five, and then ten in this game against New York. What's really stuck out to me is what I've started to see in her early game, she looked comfortable, okay? Her early two games. Then in the middle, I started to see a lot more just, just shooting the ball, getting the ball, putting it up. She needs to get to the paint. And a stat I really want to look at that's going to talk to me about her success of growth is how many free throws she's getting. Not necessarily makes, but attempts. Because we've talked about this a lot on The Insider. She is the type of player who can go high-low, who can really play any position. So to see her get down in the nitty-gritty and draw some fouls or pull a big out and then shake them and get a foul while she's driving because they have no other choice, that's what I want to see from her. So a quick stat to constantly be looking at to understand her growth as a player in this league has got to be free throw attempts. So I want everyone to pay attention to that. Completely agree with your analysis. Um, Moving on to the Phoenix Mercury, a team that to me, quite frankly, is is, is an mm, they're an uh, you know, Um, I'll let you go first. What's your takes on Phoenix? So, yeah, you bring up Phoenix. They started off nicely. They got those two early wins um, home against Dallas on opening night when Diana Tarazi hit um, the, her 1,000th career three-pointer. Um, and then they got the win uh, in Seattle, the road win in Seattle the following Sunday. So they picked up those two wins on opening weekend. Um, they came back, and they've lost two in a row now. 
Um, they've got, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday night. We're recording before they play Washington at home. Um, so by the time you listen to this, Phoenix may be three and two or two and three. So you may, we, we don't have that result factored in here, but they lost in the back half of the home and home to Seattle at home. They got blown out 87 71. It wasn't even close. Seattle just shot the ball really well. And then they lost a really a brutal game on Sunday uh, in Los Angeles to the Sparks. A game, honestly, they should have won. Um, they had the lead starting the fourth quarter on the road in LA and just got pummeled in the fourth. I think they got outscored, I think it was 18 to 7 in the fourth period. I could double check that here. Yeah, they got scored 18 to 7 in the fourth period. So for Phoenix right now, the big question coming into the year, and I've been harping on this, is the role players and the defense. Um, so far, role players wise has been really good and really Dewana Bonner. I talked about this last week when we did the podcast already that I thought she is really the third wheel to go to. Um, but the problem for Phoenix has been the defense. I mean, Seattle just had one of those nights where Seattle just shoots the ball really well and Phoenix just played terrible defense. Um, it was just a bad night for them on the defensive end. And then Phoenix played very poorly defensively in the second half against Los Angeles on Sunday. So that's the biggest concern for me right now is what they're doing on the defensive end because if they're not defending, they're not going to win. And um, obviously they've got a test in Washington on Wednesday. They've got a big game on the road against the Lynx on Friday night. I think that's going to be a tough one because it'll be the Lynx first home game in a, in a while. So they're going to be motivated to come back and win with how they've played on the road. Um, I mean, so far, I mean, for Phoenix, Brittany Griner's leading the team in score with 19 points a game. She's been playing well. Diana Tarazi's playing well. They're getting good individual contributions, but defensively is where they're struggling right now. And that's going to be a big thing to see in what they do against Washington Wednesday night when most people will be listening to this podcast. And then on uh, on Friday when they take on Minnesota. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a nail-biter for them in a lot of these games. For me, the Mercury, like you said, it's about the role players. Um, Bonner has been amazing and kind of created this this – old age movement, if you will. She's looking young, though. So revitalized movement. Um, The combo of her and BG down low and then having Tarasi out there means there's really not a lot of need for, not necessarily need, but it's just not that hard of a job. I don't want to, like, minimize it. But they have Mm -hmm. the utilities and they have the players to really fill that role. And so I just need, as a Phoenix person, I need them to start stepping up. And like you were saying, playing that solid defense, showing some things that we haven't seen yet before. Too much I'm seeing Griner get hedged out. And I don't know if that's a play call or people are just drawing her out. She has that ability, but you got to use those lanky arms, that wingspan to just completely control the paint and not allow anybody down there. And especially against a team like Seattle, I know it's really tempting to to hedge out because Stewie's hedging out probably a lot and then and then Griner can hedge out a little bit and they have short players so so you want to get out there because you can get a lot of easy blocks I get that but you got short players which means if they're coming down low it's even easier to get a block because then you got that angle and you bring up a good and Ari I know you've and you've brought this up and I wanted to talk bring this up too is that one of the frustrations I know you've had about Griner, and from watching, and after you brought this up one time, we were having a conversation. I've been kind of trying to watch this closely when I've when I've watched Mercury play. Is you know, is her rebounding? And for someone who's six eight, plays center, um, you think for someone of her defensive and offensive prowess, she'd be a great rebounder. And yes, she's second on the team behind Dewana Bonner in rebounding. And uh, we could go on for hours about how impressed like we are, like you just said, we are with Dewana Bonner and her role on this team. But Griner 
only averages six rebounds a game. And that's, you know, for her size and what she can do on both ends of the floor, how she can dominate a game. That's kind of an underwhelming stat. And I think for me, that's, you know, Phoenix likes to push it. They like to get up and down the floor. So they're not a team that's necessarily trying to crash the boards and stuff. Um, But for me, I think that's, and I know you've brought this up too, it's just really frustrating and stuff. And I know at least to give, you know, I'm writing about this this week for our site before the game on Friday night about her matchup with Sylvia Fowles. And I think that's one area that they could get exposed in on Friday night because there's, you know, I think we'd both admit there's no better rebounding big in the league other than maybe John Cole Jones is Sylvia Fowles. Yeah, I completely agree. That, that's been something that I've harped on for a while. And I mean, just looking at the stats, Bonner's averaging more rebounds a game than Griner. And, and I understand that might be intentional, but even if that is, kind of like you're saying, Sylvia Fowles, if, if, look at who they have. You have a, some really good shooters. You got Mitchell. You got Tarasi. I mean, you got some other people. Yvonne Turner also. What you need to do is get them second chances for when they have a cold streak. And that's what right. you're really, really the issue is. I mean, she's not even averaging one offensive rebound a game. They have, right. they have two players who are averaging one offensive rebound a game, Sancho Little and Duana Bonner. And that's not going to win you championships. So, so yeah, it's defense, but it's also getting the ball back and, and letting your offense have a second chance. Moving on real quickly to the team that is about to take on uh, Phoenix. So, you know, we might look a little bit stupid after this game. So I figured, hey, let's hedge our bets and let's put both people on the show. Yeah. So Mystics, they've kind of got a hype balloon going. What, they were undefeated until yesterday? They lose to Seattle, yeah. who's kind of the new kid on the block, playing, you know, just playing hot. Got to heat check themselves. To me, looking at who they've played, I'm not impressed. And, and that's just me being me. I see a team who has not played top-tier teams. And, and that's keeping in mind that they played Minnesota. Because Minnesota's not playing like a top-tier team. We just spoke about that, all right? And they pulled it out against Minnesota. And many people say, oh, EDD, EDD. I'm going to take it a step further. Without their bench... And I think, uh, you know, Coach Tebow would agree with me on this just based off of uh, the, the press conferences I've seen and, and that I've heard speaking to him, that the bench and the youth has been playing than the starters. And that's great and dandy, and that's great for the future of this team. But for me to be impressed by the Mystics, that I need to see something from the starters. And I haven't seen something from the starters that tells me they can compete against the top teams in this league. Yeah, with the thing with and you that's the first thing to kind of deflate their balloon, I guess, so to say, is that they've beaten teams they should beat. I mean, let's look at their four wins. They've beaten the Fever twice, who we've started off and we've talked about as one of the bottom consensus a bottom two team in this league, who I think everyone will admit is not going to be going to the playoffs this year. And they beat the Aces, who again, a team that no one is expecting to be going to the playoffs this year. So that's three wins, two at home, that they should have that they should no question have. Uh, Minnesota is the one that I think everyone has like got their eyes wrapped on, like you said. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, like, you know, Elena Delandon, only four points, you know, didn't have a great game and they won by 12. Um, for me, though, and, I, and I've said this, I believe I said this last week on the podcast when we did our break, team breakdowns from opening weekend. And I said this last year when Washington beat New York in the playoffs is that the key for them, I've always felt, is Christy Tolliver. Um, when Christy Tolliver plays well and she shoots well from three, because you know she loves to, she's you know a great three point shooter. Um, when she's hitting those shots, Washington gets going. That's the key. Um, for me, I'll be honest, I'm guilty. Like I did not pick Washington to make the playoffs this year. 
I probably look really dumb right now and people are going to flag me for it and can hit me over the head for it. But like, I've never been a fan of their roster. Um, I am excited with, like you mentioned, Arya, we talked about the bench. You're getting, you get a great bench production against Minnesota on Sunday. And, you know, Washington has not really had that go-to option off the bench. You know, they're very top heavy. Um, and I thought the loss of Evan Misum in this year, Herb not coming over to the States to play for the Mystics would really hurt them. And it may, it may, that may come to be true when we get later into the season, this condensed uh, 2018 campaign. Um, but I think we should just take it one step at a time right now. Like they lost last night in Seattle. Let's see what happens tonight in Phoenix. It's the second night of a back-to-back. Back-to-backs are really hard to play um, whenever you're playing basketball, no matter who you are. That's really tough. you got to travel from Seattle to Phoenix. Um, so let's see what happens before we get all gun-ho crazy. Because right now in the East, I, I'm not ready to start you know, proclaiming them as the, the queens of the East right now. I think Connecticut has that safely. Washington, yeah, it's nice that they're starting off well. Um, but let's just like uh, take it easy so far and let's keep everything in perspective. Yeah, l- let's chill out. Something I do want to bring up, last year, uh, kind of pushing on your, your Tolliver point, was in her career the worst three-point percentage she has ever shot through a full season. Yes. And she didn't play well. Yeah. No, she, uh, she, in my mind, she, did, like, she had some good games. But last year right. was not only that, I mean – from her from her years of since she started a full season that was the the lowest points per game that she's come out with so right. you know like keep that in mind i do think that it'll take some time but she's been really really streaky speaking of washington you know the mystic balloon and popping it and high scoring streaky point guards let's talk about ivory lada real quickly because She's a player that I think the Lynx should have considered. And I don't, I don't know what happened or, or what has happened, but obviously I've taken a lot of flack for being critical of the D-Rob trade and, and bringing back Tanisha Wright. Because to be quite frank, I don't think either of them have played very well or gelled in. That might be an early season issue, but to me it's a lot more. To me, I haven't seen sparks. Now, granted, D-Rob has shown me sparks in a game that I said before the game against the Liberty. The Lynx, this is a game where D-Rob can excel. The Liberty are horrible in transition, and D-Rob can be that transition piece that just disrupts the other team. But so can Ivory Lada. I know she's not signed to a team. I know there's some injury concerns. I know she's, you know, she's kind of tapered off from her glory days. But to me, that's literally the um this the skill set and the type of player that that not like personality-wise, I think she could fit a similar role to what Renee Montgomery had on the links. And and she just has that it factor. So not to harp on it too long, um, I'll let you get a brief thought about that, Pat. And then let's move on to your other beat team, the New York Liberty. Well, you make a great point, Arya, and we've talked about this, and this is definitely going to be a concern with the Lynx this year. Um, we've articulated this well. I think this is going to be something we're hitting on a lot, is like who is going to be stepping up off the bench? You know, who is going to be the, the player – that can, you know, be that Renee Montgomery who can be that spark plug and that the Gia Perkins and stuff and the players that they've had come off the bench in their championship years that, you know, as you say, you're not dependent upon that starting five that his, you know, we mentioned it's it's an older group now. I mean, other than, you know, I mean, other than Maya, they're they're moving they're they're moving out of their you know, early thirties into their mid thirties. Some of them are already there. So 
I mean, for me, as you mentioned, D-Rob had a great game against the Liberty, 13 points. She had a, she had a net rating of plus 15 in that game, um, and she excelled in that. As you mentioned, you called that right. And Tanisha Wright obviously had 10 uh, against uh, the Washington um, on Sunday. But it just doesn't – it just doesn't feel like that Cheryl Reeve yet has that person or that those players multiple who she can go to and trust completely yet. Like, you know, Renee Montgomery can come in there and flip a switch or can like, like last year when Lindsay Whalen got hurt, you know, when Renee went off the bench, the bench suffered a little bit, but she was able to kind of hold the hold, you know, hold the water steady um, at the starting point guard position. Can somebody do that? If something were to happen, if somebody was to get hurt. So um, I, I'm I'm concerned about too, and like you said, Ivory Lotta is a great. She plays aggressive. She plays hard. She's a great defensive player. Brings a lot of energy. Um, like bring like a spark plug. Um, so yeah, I, I as I said, I think that's going to be something we're looking for. And you never know. Maybe during the season, uh, that could be a move they make and look to make an addition because I just think that that's something. You know, when you're looking at the teams that they're going to have if they want to play in the finals again, if they want to repeat the teams that they're going to have to face, whether it's Los Angeles, Connecticut, whomever are a lot stronger off that second unit than Minnesota is this year. So true. So true. And to do one final nail in the coffin on that, Cheryl is known for bringing in players late in the season to aid them. Uh, You know, we saw it with in many different ways throughout her, her tenure as a coach. Let's move on to the Liberty because we got around three minutes left to talk Liberty at most. So real quick, Liberty get their first win. What are your thoughts? What I mean, what, what is a, I think this is going to be a struggling season, and the fans who are in denial about it are kind of coming to a realization. Mm-hmm. But there is something to be said about you know they won ten last games of their season last year, and that's how they kind of salvaged the season. They were a five hundred team before that. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're seeing something similar? They're they're a slow start team. Yeah. Well, last night the big thing for them was the offense finally broke out. Um, Tina Charles had her second double double already of the year. She played great. Um, I think the really impressive was for me was Shavante Zealous having a great game. 19 points, uh, nine assists and stuff. She looked great. Um, they got 12 points out of Marissa Coleman. She played well. Kia Nurse, who I've been really excited about so far, she's scored in double figures in every game so far for the Liberty. She's averaging over 13 a game in her three games so far as a rookie. Um, she's not really an efficient scorer yet, but she's not afraid to shoot and um, look for her shot, and the efficiency will come. Uh, and, and so to see that confidence is great and that energy off the bench. Um, the Liberty, as I said, like that, the link, I was impressed, even though they did not win against Minnesota, the fact that they pushed Minnesota to the wire um, on Friday night was really impressive. And that's why I say that people, like, I know somebody was like, oh, no, the Liberty, should we be worried that they start? Like, I don't, I mean, yes, there was probably people were expecting to win in Chicago on opening night. Um, but they didn't. And that's probably the one thing people can say, okay. But defensively, they played really well against Minnesota. Last night, they started off poorly, but they were able to uh, force Dallas into 19 turnovers. We talked about the turnover issue for Dallas earlier and stuff. Um, so defensively, I think the Liberty have been better, but offensively is really what was encouraging tonight. And But the question, though, is can they keep that um, going forward in in the future where – um, they can exploit, you know, is this a Dallas is not a great defensive team that plays a lot of aggressive. They make, they take a lot of gambles and risks defensively. So is that something that can last long-term? Is it just a blip? But I think they've got a great chance this weekend. They're going to Indiana. That's a game they should win. Um, and they, sh- they should have no problem doing that. And then 
they've got Phoenix coming in during the week next week um, with another home game against Indiana. So let's see if they can turn this around. And, and before you know, it, we could be by the end of the next week and they're, you know, four and three, and we may feel totally better about where they stand. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. I mean, I'm just, just glancing at the stats. Tina Charles is in mid-season form, and I've been I've been going on about Jewel Lloyd being the early season MVP, and Tina Charles is right there up with her. Um, on top of that, under underrated, Kia Nurse is their second leading scorer. So, like, I mean, she's somebody who a lot of people are overlooking in this Rookie of the Year discussion. Even Jordan Canada is getting some attention, but she's someone who's really stepped in and and picked things up. She's not starting. But she's coming off the bench and, and she's getting around, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game somewhere in that zone. So that is that's impressive. And I love, love, love how Katie Smith is integrating the young players. Sad to see Mercedes Russell go. Um, that was somebody who I know the New York was hyped about, but excited to see what she can do on Seattle because her season ain't over. I know we're out of time for this episode, Pat, but it was an amazing episode. I'm so happy to have you on here. We're going to have to get you back on and talk a little bit more about this. We might have a fire around every once in a while. Everybody, as you know, this was the WNBA Insider Show. Each week we cover different topics important to the W using X's and O's, key stats, bringing honest and critical analysis.